0: Hey there, Believers. Let's get through this commercial break first so we can enjoy a full show. Do you want to be prepared for anything that could happen in day-to-day life or when disaster strikes, from the office to the outdoors? Then please go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com and check out the packs that they have to offer. They're made in America, and I mean every single piece of fabric, hardware buckle and frame all the labor too is right here in america so when you buy from squat survival gear you're supporting multiple small businesses right here at home i've become good friends with chris uh, he, he's a military vet so all of these packs are made to mill spec all right so they're all military standard packs they're good for everything. These things are virtually bomb proof. I promise you, I own two of them. I have the Rock Ape and the Mothman pack. They cannot be beaten. I've I've had gear all my life. I had gear in the military. I have gear when I go hunting. I have gear for camping. The squat Survival gear changes the game. Alright? I, I take one to work every day. I take the Mothman pack with me to work. Just to use it as a regular backpack. But it's so functional. It's it's just unbelievable quality. Alright, so please go to SquatSurvivalGear.com Now, to save 15% site wide I encourage you to use promo code 23BUMP That's 23 B-U-M-P To save 15% site wide. Hosea
1: 4-6 says, My people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. Now that we have this knowledge we have to remember to walk in second timothy 1 7 which says for god has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind
0: when he turned his back from shoulder to shoulder looked like as wide as the tailgate of a truck this thing let out the most blood-curdling mind-blowing spine tingling dream that you've ever heard in your life, and it cut through me like a knife. And I knew that they were
1: going to take me. I just knew it. And then the next thing I can remember is being levitated.
2: Well, when I look in there,
0: uh, I see two big eyes staring back at me. Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast a place for the believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. Join us, and we'll go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. Yo, my goodness oh yeah looks like it's working okay then that means that you can hear me that's what matters hey there believers got a great episode for you today this week we're bringing on karen wilkinson and i'm telling you um at the time we're recording this it's been a little difficult to listen to some of my uh favorite shows because uh karen has been on several different podcasts lately um we had to schedule out a little bit we uh you know how it is. Schedules are kind of hectic. Um, so in the meantime, she's been going on these other shows, and I can't listen to them because I don't like to listen to uh, somebody's experiences before bringing them on my show because it takes away from the, you know, the, the authenticity for me, the surprise element, you know, all that kind of good stuff. So um, I'm bringing her on today, and we're going to get into her experiences. Um she's the author of a book called stolen seed evil harvest um she is on la's arm, la la marzulli's team how'd i mess that up everybody knows la marzulli um she's a a writer on his newsletter um she's a wife mother and grandmother and yes i'm reading her bio right here and um you know i just uh i'm excited to bring her on and it's one of those stories that you know one of these experiences that you're excited to hear but your heart breaks for what they went through so for most of us this will sound like some kind of entertaining experience or some kind of entertaining story but this is a very real experience that she had um I've only had a you know one or two people on before that have dealt with um something similar. So let's just keep her in our prayers and um see how she she kept this whole uh positive outlook through this um and and turn it into something for the good. Um I, I can't wait to, to let's just get into it. Let's bring Karen on the show right now, okay? Oh so now. Did you get the got it?
1: No, oh, we got it. Okay, sorry.
0: Oh, are you good?
1: Okay, we're going. <laughs> okay, <Sorry. laughs> cut that. Okay.
0: <laughs> hey, how's it going?
1: Good. How are you doing, Bo? I'm really happy to be here with you today, and um, just really looking forward to to being on the show today. Thank you.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Uh, like we were talking off air, and everybody knows that we we talk off air before we come onto the show, and uh, but. I, I was excited for this episode because I mean, like I said, I came out of the woods to come here for this episode. I, this is rut. I don't mess with rut. I took an extra week off of work, <laughs> <laughs> but this is important. I want to share your story. And, uh, I've, I've seen you on several other shows that I listen to. So I have avoided some of my favorite shows too. Oh, because no. <laughs> I wanted to be surprised when we talked, um, I wanted to buy the book and I didn't get the opportunity. I uh, explained how doulas I am. Uh, so we're here and I, I, I look forward to this. Um, all right. Your book, Stolen Seed, Evil Harvest.
1: Yes. So this book I wrote is a book that is about my experiences as um, a former UFO abductee. Um for my whole life I've been taken from as young as I can remember and I was saved from this by the power of God by Jesus um and I wrote this book because I wanted to share those experiences share how to stop it and really to um that people know it's okay to be able to talk about this because it's a really hard thing to talk about most people don't want to talk about this especially if they've been taken um most people will look at you like you're crazy Um, but you're not, people are being taken all the time, every day, more people than you can imagine. Um, there've been some studies and uh, polls out there that suggest maybe, uh, 50%, maybe one in two people have been taken or had an experience with some sort of an unknown entity. Um, and I think it's really important that we be able to talk about it, that, um, there are places for people to talk about it, to have the conversation about it, and to know how to stop it if something like this is happening. Because these entities, these beings aren't in control. God is in control. Amen. And um, that is basically the message that I want to share with this book.
0: Amen. Amen. Wow. <laughs> so as, as far back as you can remember, so we're far talking back. like kindergarten, My, first grade kind of?
1: Yeah, even earlier than that, because I remember when I was really, really young, um, before kindergarten age, um, being terrified of my father's side of the family, because they were all tall, blonde, fair-haired, fair-eyed, thin, and some of them, and they looked like these Nordic entities that I was already encountering at that young age, and these entities that I was encountering, they were not kind. They were not kind to me. They were just, they were ugly. They were they were very mean and um, they just had an air of evil about them. And so being that young, anyone who looked similar to them was frightening to me. It was terrifying to me. Oh, um, you know, a young child can't make those distinctions. And uh, then, yeah, from as early as I can remember, um, I just remember trying to find a place to hide at night, being terrified because there was nothing I could do. I couldn't stop them. I didn't know what they were. Um, We didn't have vocabulary for it back then. You know, I'm, this was in the sixties and (laughs) seventies, excuse me. And there weren't the, you know, TV shows. We had three channels, you know, four, Mm -hmm. six, 10 and 13 sometimes, you know, and uh, we didn't have the books and the movies and the internet and the things that we have today. And um, it was, it was just a different time. And I didn't know what they were. If I wanted to tell someone what was happening, The vocabulary just wasn't there. Um, And then when I was trying to tell people what was happening, I was instructed not to talk about it. And I was threatened. They showed me um, a screen, what they call us, what we call a screen memory, um, which is making it feel like you're actually there. It's like virtual reality is for us today, but there would be no way back then to even describe that to someone. And they showed me my family being beheaded in front of me. Oh, no. so this is what's going to happen. If you tell anyone, I was just a little kid. I mean, you know, the kind of things were, were absolutely evil that they were doing and, and terrifying for a young child. Um, And I kind of had a breakdown when I was probably five or six years old. They found me at school, huddled in the corner of a bathroom stall, just rocking, holding my knees and rocking and just, I had to call my mom to come get me. And I remember all I remember saying is, I don't want them to take me. I don't want them to touch me. Well, they thought maybe someone at the school was doing something, but you know, and also back then, there weren't the things weren't the same as they are now. You know, there weren't worries about pedophiles and things like that the way they are today, but it wasn't a pedophile or anything like that. It was them taking me, but I didn't have vocabulary for them. I couldn't say the gray aliens are taking me to an underground facility where they're doing experiments on me. Mm. So, she took me to a doctor because I did have some marks on my body, you know, and, um, he said I was fine, uh, physically and, uh, whatever was happening to me, I would forget because I was little. So, um, that just kind of became my life. And I think at that point, I really learned how to separate the two lives, you know, the life where they took me and then just the normal life, because I, God kind of gives you this I think protection in your brain where you can just kind of turn off some of the bad things that are happening to you. And at that point, I just pretended it wasn't happening, you know, and that way I could live a life. But the things that happened to me throughout my life severely affected me when it came to relationships when it came to all kinds of things you know it also they taught me a lot of things so in school it was really easy I just breezed through school I didn't even need to study um so there were you know things that came out looking kind of positive from it but the negatives were were much much more devastating than the positives from it for sure right. um and that you know the the events were just typical from what you you know if, if people have ever heard about abduction scenarios where they're taken um they were a very typical abduction scenarios i was usually gray alien entities would show up at my room um the shorter grays with the bulbous heads the black vacuous eyes they were terrifying they didn't speak physically but they would they would put thoughts and words in your head, you know, like tele- telepathy, for lack of a better word. Right. And um, that's how it would usually start. And, and every time they were coming or every time they would be around, just the evil, the feeling was just palpable. You know, I knew it was coming. And I think that was probably as a little kid, the worst part was just knowing that they were coming and there's nothing I could do. It was helpless. There was no one to help me. There was no one to save me. There was no one to rescue me. I was just, you know. I was a victim, and there was nothing for me to do, and and that kind of that really, and it wasn't just me. I mean, there were other kids there, yeah, other little kids, you know. And I knew it was happening to other kids, so I thought if they can do it, I can do it too, and that's why I thought I just have to, you know, buck up and deal with it because that at that point I kind of figured, well, this is just a normal thing that happens to kids or people.
0: Wow. So yeah. You know. Um <clears throat> first, thank you for sharing this story. Um, these experiences. I can't imagine how difficult this is. Um I'm sure at this point that you know you've you've developed some amazing coping skills and your resiliency is through the roof. <laughs> um, but
1: sometimes, not always.
0: <laughs> if if I ask any questions that get too personal or are too hard or anything like that, I apologize in advance. I'm just so very curious, and I would I want to expose the darkness um, every opportunity we get.
1: Sure.
0: Um. You mentioned that that they took you to an underground facility. Is that is that right? Yes. Um, would you be comfortable with or able to even explain um what what happened on these things uh, if they're if they teach you sometimes and they're doing evil at other times um what's it like yeah you know when when they get sure. You?
1: um you know generally there I knew we were underground because we would get in this elevator thing and it would go down and down and down and um and it was always very cold. And then I would get on what I <laughs> thought was another elevator that went side to side. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I realize now it wasn't an elevator, but for me, especially when I was younger, you know, it didn't, it wasn't bumpy. It didn't make any noise. So I just thought it was an elevator that went, I thought elevators went both ways. Um, I think it was a train at this wow. point, you know, we're thinking about it now because elevators don't, you know, go that way. Hmm. Um, and I would end up, in an uh, underground facility and this facilities, and it was usually the same place um, most, uh, there were different times in different places but I, I have a lot of memories of one specific place that um, it had an area that was a lot older and you could still see tunnels carved out of rock and stone and like it was still stone walls and floors and things and it was darker and just what you would expect for an underground, but it wasn't damp or drippy like a cave. It was, we must have been really far down. Um, and then there were areas that were very modern looking huge, open, vacuous rooms, hall, long hallways, like you would get in a high school, kind of like a big high school, you know, with the big long hallways. And there were elevators and stairs and, and different rooms and doorways. And it was, it was a confusing catacomb of places too. I mean, it was just, it was so big, you know, and and I had, I had a handler, a guy I called my handler with me um, most of the time. Um, and and that makes sense. Cause I mean, it was such a confusing place to be and he would make sure I got to where I needed to go, make sure, you know, whatever information I was meant to, to get or what I was going to see you or do, or have done to me that day was done. Um, generally, It would, sometimes it would be, I would just wake up on an exam table, just a cold steel, stark table. Um, I never paid attention to if there are other people on other tables or anything around me. I was just always so focused on what was happening at the time. Um, And there would usually be a couple of these older, taller looking gray entities. They weren't like the grays that would show up in my room and that people are more familiar with. They were taller. They were more sturdy and robust, and they they looked older only because they had more like wrinkled skin. They had mouths that moved, mm. and they made facial expressions. And they could their eyes moved. Their eyes weren't these just like plain black screen type eyes. They actually had eyes, but their eyes were full. They weren't like any whites to their eyes really. They were just full eyes, but they did move. Um, they were creepy. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, I. I couldn't look at movies or books or anything about anything that had anything to do with UFOs or aliens my whole life. I couldn't if something I was flipping channels and I'd see something go by on the TV, I'd have to go right past it you know really quick because yeah. I knew I wouldn't be able to sleep um it just you know this stuff I couldn't look out windows at night couldn't go outside alone it just, it, it affected every, it's affected every part of my life. Um, it affected my relationships and, and what I thought relationships were. Um, but yeah, um, but back to what they did. So it was different every time, you know, sometimes it was physical examinations, internal examinations, external examinations. Sometimes it was taking blood, um sometimes I didn't know what they were doing there were big machines that did things that I didn't know what they were doing almost looked like x-ray machines one of them um sometimes I'd have to stand in front of one sometimes I'd be on a table with one over top of me you know just different things like that I have flashes of memories I mean and I don't remember everything every time I just have certain memories of some of the events and the times that happened um but what I do remember is almost always I had this handler of this guy with me. A
0: and human? He looked,
1: he looked human. He wasn't human, but he appeared human. He was very tall, very handsome, very square jawed, military looking, you know, buzz cut hair, beautiful eyes, just a beautiful man, you know, um he looked like a giant ken, <laughs> I don't know. Um, hmm. but he was he was um he was just a very muscular um, and he was with me all the time from as long as I can remember. And it's funny because now that I've talked to more and more abductees over the year over this process and this journey I've been on, I found out that a lot of other women had someone like this with them as well. Really? So it seems to be a common even even some men too that had had someone like that who was or who was around them, but mostly the women. Um, Hmm. and, you know, he'd always tell me I was special. I was important that I was an important part of what they were doing. And, you know, and they would try to get me to parrot that same message that some people do that they are, you know, they're here to help and, and that they're good and all this, but the problem with it is, is that none of this was ever good for me.
0: Right.
1: You know, I didn't agree to make that sacrifice. The sacrifice of my childhood, of my life, of my virginity, of my sexuality, of any of that, you know, that was not by choice. I didn't agree to be kidnapped and taken against my will. And um, so, you know, I always had a problem with it, but I did kind of buy into it for a while. Um, he was, became a physical partner to me and I became very attached to this man, um, kind of a Stockholm syndrome if you will but the things that they were doing to me were horrific and i won't talk about those things on here because i just don't think it's appropriate for Mm -hmm. but imagine the worst and that's probably what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. um but he did you know as i was becoming closer to him and and developing sort of feelings for him i felt like he had some sort of um feeling towards me and and he didn't have a name i get asked this a lot we had a knowing, like I knew him and he knew me. Like there was, it was like an imprint mm. kind of thing, you know, like animals kind of do. So I didn't have a physical name, but I had a n- mental name for him. You know what I mean? It was like, it's like the same as a color or, you know, something like that. Or it it, it was just, uh, it was always there. It was always, that's who he is. And I just had this knowing Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, it's kind of like a mom knows her children, you know? Um, but yeah. And then he showed me his true self. And I mean, I know this sounds outlandish and out there, um, but he was a reptilian. He Mm -hmm. had beautiful skin that was almost opalescent. It looked like, you know, gemstones almost. It was beautiful. I mean, he was breathtaking to see, um, he, when when I saw it when he changed I don't know if he was shape-shifting or if it was some sort of a um image projected that made him look like a man because I don't know how that worked but it would kind of fuzz in and out and that's when I realized he didn't look the way I thought he did and I asked him to show me what he really looked like because I was seeing during certain times it was kind of like electricity would crackling and I would see something that was different on part of his face and I'd be like, what is that do you is this not who you are you know show me what you look like I really want to see and, and um and he was beautiful but he was you know just a typical kind of reptilian looking um flat ears and the flat kind of triangle nose yeah um I didn't find him scary at all because I just I guess I was just so familiar with him um I did see him. About a month ago, he um, came to me to try to get me to stop doing this and to come back and basically offered me the world. Oh, everything wow. I wanted, knew what all my problems were, what my issues were, things I wanted, needed. And I said no. And he got very, very angry. But the funny thing about it was he looked very sickly. He looked very ill he was his color was like this matte flat brownish green it wasn't the color that he was before he like he just didn't seem strong like he did before it i could tell he almost seemed like he was dying i don't i don't know obviously he didn't tell me and i just rebuked him and you know and and ended that um because they, they can't. And, and I knew he couldn't hurt me. I mean, he was this close to my face. Do you know what I mean? And I knew he couldn't hurt me. Um, and this was more of an astral thing. This, I, I physically felt like I was there, but I know I wasn't physically there because when I'm physically was in these places, you know, I was smelling the smells. I could touch it. I could feel it, but this was different. So whatever happened was very different. Something very different for me. Um, but i think something in the spiritual realm is happening i mean i really do feel like the veil is getting thinner i feel like things are happening in our world but mm-hmm. that was really uh alarming to me that something is going on um well, and that's not part of my book it's not in there it's just i thought i would mention that because yeah for believers you know i think it's important to keep your eyes open and keep yourself prayed up and keep yourself protected and and know that these things can't hurt you if they do come at you.
0: My goodness, my goodness. Um, that was a lot.
1: Sorry. <laughs>
0: no, that was. I'm. I'm again. I, I'm just thankful that you're able to share this stuff because I would probably still be in a corner well, rocking somewhere. Yeah. Um, the glory this,
1: goes to God. I don't I mean? think I would be able to share this if it wasn't for God. And God orchestrated this very carefully so that I could share it. And I can tell that part of the story too, if you want. But I'll let you go ahead if you had a question.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I. Um I do. <laughs> I, so obviously these are like man-made facilities that they're taking to. Yes.
1: And there were humans there with them working alongside of these entities that I saw.
0: I imagine so. That's what I that's what I figured. Um so they're taking you into like through some kind of underground tunnels or cave systems to these mm-hmm. underground military bases complexes. Mm-hmm. Um and then this handler. Uh, uh
1: he was yeah he was it was an interesting relationship, to say the least, yeah, he kept me where I needed to be, well, you know, well, you the, know way.
0: the way the way he's being described here mm-hmm. yeah you know, beautiful, yeah, you know, I feel
1: like he was a fallen angelic being, I really do
0: he sounds like Lucifer,
1: yeah, he told yeah. me that he was an antichrist, okay oh, he was. The, opposite you know what i mean but he i mean i don't think he was lucifer i think there were a lot of them. but he i do think he was a fallen angelic being absolutely and there were a lot of them there he wasn't the only one he wasn't the only one right um you know these entities these fallen entities they don't appear as these ugly grotesque demonic figures with pitchforks and fire right it'd be hard
0: to persuade you if they did
1: no they yeah they come as beautiful and uh, charming and attractive and they can appear as whatever they want to appear as to and you know they're not going to tell you hey i'm the bad guy or hey i'm the good guy you know they're going to appear as they want as what is going to be attractive to you and whatever they need to do to get you to buy into whatever it is that they want you to buy into at the time sure. to, to their lies and and the the biggest lie is that you know they're trying to get people to believe that these are our benevolent space brothers that these that they're coming to do good to help our planet to help people but helpful people don't kidnap little children and rape young women and yeah. take people against their will and do unwanted experiments on them you know and terrorize people that that's that's not benevolent behavior no, those um, are good and if they're so smart and, you know, these entities are way smarter than we are. They're operating in realms that we don't understand with information that we don't have. They're far more advanced and they've been around a lot longer than we have. We don't have the tools to keep up with them. And the only tool that we have is that our creator is at the top of the of the heap here and that right. we can call on Jesus and he can stop what they're doing amen and you know because otherwise we would be defenseless against them right we don't, yeah. we don't have the tools to to manipulate them the way they do us
0: yeah as you described him you know it's not like he was appearing as an angel of light you know and then he reveals this uh and the way he described his skin was almost gem like this mm-hmm. opalescence. It's, yeah. it's like something out of uh, the description of the anointed cherub you know that uh he was beautiful
1: yeah he was beautiful and i th- and a lot of them were down there you know it's just
0: and but it's just the
1: way he, they appear
0: <laughs> and then he comes to you a month ago and he looks, he looks and muted and playing on your sympathies right trying to trying to drum up those feelings and yeah. maybe i should help him out
1: right oh yeah it was you know i didn't think twice about the fact that oh hell no and he's and then he was mad and he's like i'm an antichrist i'm the antichrist and he said the antichrist at one point and i'm like that's not even possible because <laughs> the antichrist is not fully human or fully angelic so you know right. and i'm like i'm not gonna argue with this dude i'm just getting the heck out of here and calling on jesus and rebuking him and you know yeah. so it, it didn't make sense and it's like you're trying to confuse me what what are you doing you know and so but yeah it, it's they're satan is the father of lies Amen. and they just it's what they do they just lie and lie and lie and and lying can be in the appearance you know right. not just not not just the words or the feelings but the appearance as well
0: that's good too so these other creatures or beings or entities or you know the ones with the the big eyes and the the bigger builds um are they do you get the feeling that they're like a subterranean physical creature like they they live down in these networks or
1: I, I get the feeling that all of these entities live underground i don't feel like these are entities from another planet or another solar system no one ever said anything like that to me i was never taught anything like that yes they do have vehicles they fly up in you know, through space and the sky and, and that kind of thing. But I don't feel that they're from some distant planet. Could they have lived on different places and planets over time? Absolutely. But I do believe these are just the fallen angelic beings that, you know, a third of them fell with Satan. And I think that most of them are living right under our feet, right here. Um, because it's not just me who's seen them. And it's not just me who's in, interacted with them. And I I hear other people say, oh, they took me to this planet or that place. And that's great. But I've never had that experience. Right. Um, I'm not discounting what other people say. Please don't get me wrong. I, I respect and appreciate everyone else's accounts. And I'm not here to disparage anyone. But I will tell you from my experience, that's where they live. And, you know, I don't believe that they are capable of being out here in our sunlight, in our atmosphere, without some sort of protection. Because I never had one just show up in the sunlight in the daytime. And the only ones that I saw around me here, around like when I was at wherever I was being taken, were the smaller grays. And those I believe to be um, like an avatar, like a meat suit, basically a biologically created shell that can house another being such as a demon. And um, as we know, demons are the disembodied spirits of the deceased Nephilim. Right. And um, the Nephilim are the progeny of the fallen angelic beings and humans. So we're still dealing with fallen angelic beings interfering with the lives of humans. And now we've got the demons, the Nephilim spirits inhabiting these gray suits these gray suits, I've seen them empty underground yeah. or on a ship. Other people have seen them stacked in corners or hanging up or on drawers. Oh, um, I saw them stacked just stacked up. They um they're not they're not a specific um species. They're just they're just a created suit to hold something. Their mouths don't open. Their eyes are fixed. They um they're so thin and spindly, they're like you could break them in two. You know, they seem very just very um delicate almost. Mm-hmm. And um I believe they use these A because they can be in this environment. Cause you could put a demon in there, you could put and demons are always looking for something to inhabit. Yes. You could put AI in there. You know, have it run like a robot you could probably even put another entity in there and have it wear it like a spacesuit and the thing about that is too if these are what's in these ships or that people are encountering if a ship crashes and they find these gray entities and there's a demonic entity in there it can vacate that body and all they're going to be left with is an empty skin suit
0: yeah just a vessel we
1: can create artificial skin in labs and what do they take from people from animals Blood, skin, tissue. Morgan. What are they doing with that tissue? I don't know exactly, but I think they're using it for these grays because they they don't always smell good. Some of them smell very bad. Some of them smell like a cross between sulfur and a dead animal. Really. Some of them don't seem to have any scent at all, but sometimes you know they're there because you just smell it and it's putrid. The um, entity that my um, handler would take me to this place and it would appear to me this is like we were at a beach um and he'd say we're going to the beach and to me it would they would give me a screen memory it looked like I was sitting on a beach and but they were it wasn't nice like sand and there were too many big things poking out of the sand and when I would concentrate really hard I could get the screen memory to drop and it wasn't sand it was there were bones and it was blood it wasn't water it was a beach that was blood and he was in there and I don't know what they use that for but you know so they're they're using whatever bone and um, sorry whatever flesh and blood they create I think to help create these gray suits mm-hmm. um, and it's you know you talk about non-benevolent look what they're doing to the poor cows that are getting mutilated Right. I mean, L.A. Marzulli has a great movie out on cattle mutilations and featured in that movie as well, um, because it ties back into some of my experiences. And um, it's really interesting. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it.
0: What's the
1: name of it? It's uh, called Cattle Mutilations. <laughs> I think it's just the name of it. Through
0: L.A. Fashion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and yes, I think it's number six, five or six. I think it's number five or six in this series okay. um sorry i'm getting confused as to which ones are which but uh, yeah it's really really amazing yeah i think it's number six and then he just released out of place artifacts which is a part of his on the trail nephilim series which is also amazing but um yeah so that's that's what i think those greys are and then the other greys that you asked about on the ships i think they're actually a species and i think those gray suits are just kind of modeled after them right you know, I mean, if you're going to yeah. create a robot like we do, you model it after a human and you pick a specific type, I guess.
0: Right. So Use what works. Right.
1: Right. Because I saw them. I saw the Nordic types since I was little. I don't I don't um, didn't see as many of the Nordic types as I got older, only when I was little. And I don't know if that was also a screen. So it made them look maybe those were also reptilians made to look more like people I was familiar with. But that definitely mm. backfired. Mm. Um because they were just, they were mean, they were evil, and then I'm um, only ever seen what people might call an insecticide type um from a distance, they never, I saw those, they would, I called them the corner sitters when I was little, because they would always be back watching everyone from a corner somewhere, they were huge, with very long arms and legs that were just folded up, you know, and, and they were always kind of watching i don't know if they were hierarchy wise if they were in charge it seemed like they might have been yeah that's you what know, it sounds like it's kind of hard to tell who was in charge of what and they certainly weren't sharing all of that information with me because i was there for other purposes um uh well <laughs> i'm sorry no, no no <laughs> no overloading I, information here
0: <laughs> no i i i love learning this because uh, and, uh the wows keep coming because of the reality of this stuff you know what i mean it's like. But it's real, yeah. People hear this, and some it'll hit home. Some it'll be just like a, you know, it's like a good episode. You know what I mean? It's not a good episode. This is a horrible experience, lifelong experience that you went through. And the reality of these things that are happening, and the reality of this information that you're sharing, that this is going on. Oh, yeah that that I don't it it dumbfounds me like I I'm having a hard time with words and I thank God I have a list of questions prepared <laughs> because I would just be here going uh, uh what what do you do with that uh
1: yeah. and what do you yeah what do you do with it I, I don't I don't want to scare people my book isn't supposed isn't meant to scare anyone no um it is full of there's a lot of uh scripture in this book amen there's a lot of hope in this book. And there are also positive, amazing experiences that God has blessed me with in this book.
2: Thank God. And I
1: wouldn't be able to talk about this if it wasn't for God and God's right. glory and God's grace. There's no way. And I wasn't able to talk about it until just a few years ago because I had a near-death experience or what I call a near-life experience. Mm-hmm. And that's how God catapulted me into the position that I am in now that I can talk about it.
0: Ain't that wonderful? How oh, he turns everything around for the good, you know.
1: Everything for good. It's a- everything.
0: Uh, and so you're sitting here right now exposing this alien, uh, the, the underbelly, you know, of what they what they actually do. These vile, horrible, demonic, Luciferian people. These just trash, right? These are horrible. They're awful, yeah. Um, and I have a pretty good idea of what they're up to and why. But could you could you uh, share with us what what is this overarching agenda? Right. What what is this? Why are they doing this?
1: The ultimate agenda, I think, is the same as it's been since the Garden of Eden, is to lead people away from the truth, from God, from the gospel, from eternal life. Um, ever since that in Genesis three fifteen sets up the seed bore, where it says, you know you will be at enmity with the woman your seed will be at enmity with her seed and he will crush your head and you will bruise his heel and he's talking about jesus and at that point it sets up the seed war where the <clears throat> satan is trying to keep jesus from being born yeah and that brings us to noah the nephilim the flood and you know he wasn't able to accomplish keeping excuse me <clears throat> jesus from being born sorry um but what he did accomplish was creating a world that was full of debauchery, full of just evil all the time. As the word says, people were doing evil all the time. Right. Nothing wasn't evil. Um, I think that to get back to that state would be an ideal state for for Satan, for the Nikash to get back to. Um, mm-hmm. By interfering with people, by taking people, by spreading a false narrative that these are our benevolent cedars, our benevolent space brothers. Um, You know, anything he can do to spread evil and pull people away from the truth, pull people away from good, make people think, well, this is okay. You know, uh, I mean, people are out there summoning UFOs. People are out there calling on these things. You might as well be calling on the devil himself. Yeah. It's the most dangerous thing and I see it every day. I see it on Facebook. I see it in movies. I see it on TV. I see it all over the place. I cannot stress enough. Please, if you're listening to me, please do not ever do that. You might as well go give your little kid a Ouija board and let a demon into his room. I mean, it's it's terrible. It's you know, it's so dangerous. We are not equipped to enter act with these beings the only one who can has any authority over them for us is jesus and if you don't have a relationship with jesus you're gonna be in a bad situation if you get involved with these entities it might seem fine for a while but you know they they're masters of deception right and i'm I'll go back to what I've said all along. You cannot tell me that kidnapping a little child and terrorizing them is benevolent behavior. Right. And I've listened to other people say, "Well, they're wonderful. They're beings of light. They're great." But I'm like, "But you were kidnapped." Right. Right. You you had implants put in you. You had babies taken from you. How is that benevolent behavior? I just I can't excuse that behavior. No. And you and if if it happened to one of my kids and I was aware of it I wouldn't be able to excuse it and it has happened to one of my children and I wasn't able to excuse it and I did stop it and I won't let that happen to my children or my grandchildren or my friends or my family or my loved ones or anyone listening to me if you're listening to me I pray that nothing like this ever comes in your orbit in your in your space because these things are not benevolent they're not good
0: no these are this this is a continuation of the of an age-old battle you know and it was like a couple of years ago, I figured out. It feels like it was just unlocked, and I, I know it's because I I I read books like yours. I read Heiser, and you know you you start understanding the what's really going on. But you know, in the Old Testament, you know you from from Genesis six on, you know you have these giants, and then you see that. God is sending people into the land to eradicate these these other tribes and as a kid or as a young adult I was like man yeah you know That's God's exactly. in the genocide a little bit yeah. but no right. <laughs> he, he's sending Joshua and Caleb and, and and they're going out there and they're eradicating the earth of these Nephilim. and not just
1: the people the men the women the children and the animals because the they animals. were doing genetic experiments on the animals too and that was also an abomination yes. and what are we doing today in labs today yes yes the same thing is happening now yes it and is the Bible warns us when it's like the days of noah so okay. shall the coming of the son of man be
0: yeah and you know so all, all, all these giants get killed off in the flood, or they're getting eradicated. And like you said, these disembodied spirits are what's left over. So the New Testament is full of what? Demons. And Jesus casting out demons. It's the same old bad guys. Yeah. It's just in a different form. It's and different now form. today, yeah. today's that continuation, and it's in what form? Aliens, or yeah. hackmen or sleep paralysis. Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it sounds like you're familiar with Vicki, my friend, Vicki Joy oh, yeah. Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> I love and her. She's a great help. I'll tell you to anyone who's having issues, if anyone's being taken, if anyone's having any issues like this, get Vicki Joy Anderson's book. They only come out at night. Yep. It's available where my book is available at LAMarzulli.net. That book is an invaluable resource to anyone fighting a spiritual battle.
0: Amen. She
1: knows what she's talking about. She's got amazing prayers in there and it helped me greatly
0: amen yeah yes. she, she is great i've had her on twice we were going to do a third episode but she is like you know super booked so we're <laughs> going to do it after the first of the year i think we're yeah, going to yeah. we're going to pick back up yeah um, it gives more time for her to come up with something else to just melt my mind with yeah
1: she's she's always got amazing stuff to talk about so um,
0: um. so this is a continuation of the seed war or the blood bloodline mm-hmm. wars
1: right um crazy i mean this is not ancient stuff this is modern day stuff and people are like oh that's crazy how can you believe in those things yeah but these are the same people who go watch a scary movie and be terrified right why are you so scared because you know it's true
0: because Because you know
1: evil is out there we've all seen evil i mean what is it from the movie um i can't remember the movie the best trick the best trick the devil ever pulled off was convincing people he's not real exactly he's real exactly
0: and i'm not going to ask you to share anything about what happened with your daughter but i I my
1: daughter is actually another one of my kids but that's all
0: right oh i'm sorry um no it's okay uh there is a familial tie right is there yes family and can can you go into what's going on with that is that part of the bloodline thing is that
1: it is, it's a couple of different things. One thing is there's there's our um, generational curses that come into play here where permission has been given um, for family members and generations of that family members to, to some entity to interfere with that family. So you have to look at generational curses and break those. There are permissions that have been given. You know, one of the problems is that our government has given them permission if you go back to the granada treaty um that is basically giving permission for them to take people and animals and experiment on them so there's a permission there i had a lot of masons in my family i was inducted into rainbow girls which is the youngest branch of that my parents were in D. malay and eastern star my grandfather was a very high level mason so there are permissions given all along there because that is basically a demonic cult and for lack of a better word, and don't come after me for saying that anyone, and that is just my opinion. Um, <clears throat> but I was there, I was in it, and I <clears throat> I was disgusted by it. Um, so there are different things, and then there's there comes the genetic component. Or I have a very compatible blood type. I'm O negative, so I could give blood to anyone. Yeah. I can't get blood from anyone, but someone with my blood type, but I can give blood to anyone. So the genetic component comes into play because they're looking for genetics that they can utilize to create modern day Nephilim. And that's what they were using me for, like a breeder, basically. They were, I was getting pregnant and then the fetus was disappearing before the end of the first trimester. Wow. And yeah, I write a lot about that in the book and about then interactions with those children later on. Um, but so the genetic component is pretty important and they always told me that I was important you're important who you are is important you know you're helping us you're helping us your blood is helping us you are helping us it was always about the blood always about the blood and um and so that's why you know they seem to live a lot longer than we do especially fallen angelic beings um and people are like well they don't have sex I'm like there's nothing in the bible that says that they don't procreator have sex all exactly. it says is they're not given a marriage that's all exactly. exactly and i can tell you for a fact that they do have sexual relations with people and each other yeah um anyway um but yeah and that there were children created from that unholy union and um and that i you know i was unfortunately a part of that program me and a lot of other women this is not an unusual story Um, I'm just telling it, I'm just standing up and telling it.
2: Right.
1: Um, and hoping that this will help other women either get out of it if they're still stuck in it or be able to come forward and talk about it too, or know that it's okay to talk about it and get help. And I think that's really the most important thing is getting help for this. You know, that you can, you can get help. You can get therapy. PTSD therapy is how I got, got help with it.
0: Makes sense. PTSD. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. When I had a near-death experience, I again, I call it a near-life experience. It was closer to life than death. I was in a hospital, and I had a anesthesiologist give me a paralytic instead of a um, sedative and walk away. She leaned over me with a pocket full of syringes, took one out, popped it into my IV port, and walked away. And I was in the operating room, but I wasn't hooked up to anything yet. We weren't ready to start the surgery yet. I had a lot of surgery, so it wasn't unusual for me to be in there early. And yeah. she just walked away. Didn't ask me how I was. Nothing. I just laid there and died on the table. Who was that? that? I don't know. I never saw her again.
0: It's like a hit job.
1: I've had a lot of people ask me that. I'm like, I don't have any way of knowing that. But boy, it sure sounds that way, doesn't it?
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Um, I there was no one to call to help. I I felt like I was drowning, but you know, it was like my body was made of cement. I couldn't I couldn't breathe. I couldn't move couldn't signal to anyone I realized I was dying so I'm like God help me and I heard his voice say it's okay you can let go now and just in the blink of an eye I was out of my body I was still me I still have my personality I could see and hear everything around me I felt the most amazing love and peace that you can imagine I we don't even have words to describe it but the love and the peace that I felt I never wanted to leave it. I just wanted to stay in it. It was so beautiful. And um I knew I had to stay close to my body. I just knew like that was what I was being the message I was being told. Um and I watched everything happening around that I could see in the other rooms because walls didn't mean you couldn't see through them. It's so weird because you know we didn't have physical limitations of my body. And I saw the doctor in the other room getting things ready for the surgery, and I saw the nurse run in and tell them i wasn't breathing because they finally walked over to me and was like "Is she have an allergic reaction to something because i must have been turning blue i didn't notice my coloring um and the doctor came running in and said bag yelling them to bag me to bag her bag her and they put the bag on and and i wasn't breathing and then they realized i was paralyzed (laughs) and um and the funny thing is the guy who came in and intubated me was the anesthesiologist but not the woman who came in and gave me the shot it was a different anesthesiologist I never she never came back in the room right I never saw her again right um and uh he intubated me and then everything went black and that's all I remember they went on with surgery which they shouldn't have done but they did and it was really hard to get me through recovery I spent over four hours in recovery because every time they bring me out, I was just screaming in pain and they were afraid I was gonna have a stroke. Well, I'd already had a stroke. That's why this side of my face doesn't really move very much. In case y'all are wondering, no, it's not. I'm making, oh, she's not moving the side of her face. She must be lying. No, I had a stroke. Um I didn't
0: always, even notice.
1: <laughs> yeah, everyone's always, you know, picking apart where your eyes look and what you're doing. Oh, right. wow. Whatever. That's fine. You know, y'all can judge me all you want, but I'm I'm brave enough to tell this my truth, and as yeah. long as I can help someone, I don't care what everyone thinks. Yeah. But um so I but they couldn't get me out of anesthesia. So about three and a half hours in, I just remember going saying, out loud, God, please help me. And all of a sudden, these two young interns or orderlies were at the foot of the bed. And they were so sweet. I'm like, oh, you guys look like you could be my kids. You're so sweet. Thank you. And they helped me through and, and calmed me down. And I didn't care about the pain anymore. And finally got me out of um, recovery and went back up to the room. And I grabbed my husband and my daughter-in-law's hands. And I'm like, you got to meet the boys. They remind me of our kids are so sweet. And they're like, who I'm like, the boys are right here and behind me. And there was no one there. And I asked the nurse, I'm like, where did the boys go? And she's like, what boys, honey? I'm like, the boys that were in recovery with me, they were in the elevator. They were coming down the hall with us. Nobody had any idea who I was talking about. No one else had seen them, just me. What? You know, so I think they were angels. And, and I tell the story because there are good, angelic beings out there. Yes, absolutely. And that's what a good, angelic, benevolent being is going to do, going to come and carry out God's orders and help you they didn't hurt me they didn't interfere with me they helped me they were kind and loving they were there when I needed them and then they were gone and they didn't interfere with anyone they didn't even stay long enough for me to introduce them to my family because that would have probably interfered you know I mean so it was amazing but I did have a lot of PTSD after that and that's why I went to the therapy and that therapy helped me deal with a lifetime of abductions. And suddenly I was able to deal with it and to think about it without curling up into a ball and losing myself. Yeah. And yeah. I suddenly didn't want to kill myself or do bad things to myself or, you know, life was okay. This stuff is so hard that sometimes it's you it's hard to keep going. And I feel you know, and that's why I want to reach out to people, too, because this kind of stuff is the kind of stuff that makes you question why you're alive. And without God, you don't get good answers to that question. And I realized that when I started to feel that way, I, I'm like, God, please, whenever I feel this way, please, please, please pull me out of it. Pull me out of it. No matter what I do, no matter what I say, please, God, pull me out of it. And, you know, he did every time I never got to that point where I was going to hurt myself because I had I knew I was going to be too weak to pull myself out of it and I knew that if I prayed that prayer ahead of time God would be there for me every time and he was I never got to that point and that's by the grace of God because there were many times in my life I did not think I could go on another day I couldn't carry this burden another day and God knew that and he's like you don't have to carry this burden I've got this you know, even when I didn't realize he had it, he had it. And sorry, that makes me cry, but Uh, I I wouldn't be alive if God didn't pick this up for me.
0: Right.
1: And, um, so with that therapy, I was able to finally start thinking about it. And then I, um, realized, you know, God's like, you've, you've got to tell, you've got to talk now it's time to talk. So I, um, I'm like, who do I talk to? Mm -hmm. And God led me to LA and I don't know how, I mean, it was such a weird way that it all worked, but God made it all work. And there we are. And I did not know I was going to tell him my whole story. And he, we sat down and he turned on the camera and I talked to him for about an hour and a half. I didn't know what he was going to do with it. He didn't know what he was going to do with it. Right. I didn't expect to tell him everything, but I did. I told him most of my story and my life. And, um, and then that ended up being in that fourth movie. And I was terrified when that came out. I never thought I was going to share it with anyone, let alone LA or then on his movie. So many women came up to me after that and men, and thanked me for doing that and told me their stories. And so they felt like they had a friend and they had someone they could talk to and someone they could share with. And that's when I started to really see that God was giving me beauty for ashes, that he was turning the evil to good. And God told me to write. And I said, God, I don't know what to write. Why are you telling me to write? And I and God said, write the truth. The truth is easy. And I wrote the truth and it turned into this book. And I never expected to do that. I really didn't. I sent it to LA and he was excited and published it and and that's why we're here today. And it's all God. And you know, I'm just the vessel moving forward. <laughs> but um, I wouldn't be here without God and and the blessings of the people that He's put in my life, people like you, people like LA, you know, people like Vicky and our friend Justin, just so many amazing people that God's brought into my life through this. I I would I don't know. I can't even thank enough people I can't thank God enough for for turning this around the way he has.
0: Amen. He's Amen. good. He's good. God is good. Uh so this is this has become like your ministry, you know? And for 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 this many people to have experienced something like this that they keep to themselves. Uh that statistic is mind blowing. That's that's an
1: old statistic. I think that was done in the 70s if I'm not wrong.
0: Like when when I did my pre-intro um, I feel like I should re redo it because I said that you're the only, probably the second person I believe I've had on that has had an abduction experience, and then uh, nope, probably not. <laughs> you know, there, there's probably been several people that just didn't have anyone to talk to 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 share this with, and is here you are. I'm so yeah. grateful for you.
1: Oh, I'm so grateful for you, Bo. No. I, I can't tell you. I mean it's easy to talk to people like you and to talk to people that, that are, you know, I, I, that we instantly became friends and that, and that helps a lot because it it is hard to tell this story and, but it's important and I'm going to keep doing it because that's, this is the direction God has put me in and it's important. It's important to let people know that you don't, this doesn't have to happen and it's okay to talk about it. That these aren't crazy people this stuff right. is real i mean the demonic realm we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers you know it's, it's real and mm-hmm. there's just no two ways about it and i i think probably if you were to survey the world i think probably everyone in this world has had some sort of a encounter with something in their lives yeah good or bad but some sort of a spiritual encounter in their lives it's real it's real and you don't have to we don't we don't have to be on the losing end of it and we don't have to put up with the torture from it because god is in control Mm
0: -hmm. god is in
1: charge and there's there's a higher power out there that is on our side and we live in the dispensation of grace and we get to you know and they're not happy with that either you know these angelic beings they're fallen and they know that that we get redemption through the blood of jesus that's that's for us. Amen. And we live in grace. That's for us. They don't have that. I, you know, they're going to be judged. And that's going to be a harsh. We're all going to be judged, but I think theirs is going to be a lot more harsh than ours. Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. They don't have the uh, the joy at the end. No. Wow. No, wow. And, uh, you know, to, to help get people onto the winning team you know, to, to give people, I, I don't, I don't know if you've ever listened to my show before or not. I but at the yeah. End, oh
1: no, at the, I love your show. I absolutely have. Yeah.
0: Oh, Thank you. At the end of every episode, I do like a little call to Christ, you know, like after the outro is over with, I have some amazing music. Uh, yeah. Out. I
1: love that. I grew up on bluegrass and all that. So I love music on your show. <laughs> <Best
0: part. laughs> I, you know, I get, I get more people talking about that, that song than I do about my episodes half the time (laughs) every week they're like who is that
1: no it's not not me i can't carry a tune in a bucket oh (laughs) (laughs) you have other gifts clearly so god's called you to do this thank you lord this to be your ministry so yeah thank you
0: and i will be obedient all right karen tell them where they can find your book tell them how they can get in contact with you if they need some help um just hit me with, with all the, all the everything.
1: Sure. My website is my name, Karen, K-A-R-I-N, Wilkinson, W-I-L-K-I-N-S-O-N, author.com. And I will give you all this for the show notes, if that helps. The book is available exclusively right now at lamarzuli.net So that's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net forward, forward slash store. If you want a shortcut into the store. Um, you can find me on Facebook under my name, Karen Wilkinson, all eyes in there. Um, you can find me on Instagram under Karen Wilkinson author. Um, and, um, if you go onto my website, there is a contact page there. You can send me a message and I will get back to you. It may not be a quick response because I get a lot of messages and I do take the time to get back to everyone who who gets in touch with me who wants a response so if you have reached out to me you haven't heard from me it doesn't mean i haven't gotten your message i will get back to you it just takes a while um and uh so you can reach out to me that way if you have something you want to share or you just want to get you know get your story off your chest sometimes it just feels good to get it out there and know that you've shared and and that's great Um, you know, you can share those stories to L.A. Marzuli as well. If you go to his website, he's got links where you can share those stories. Um, and, um, Vicki Joy Anderson, I highly recommend her book. They only come out at night. Um, it is extremely helpful as far as, um, prayers and that type of thing. And that's also available at L.A. Um, and any of the books on that website and the movies, um, on, in his movie, I'm featured in the fourth movie in the UFO series, on the abduction phenomenon and in the uh sixth one i believe it is on cattle mutilations so if you want to see more of about me you can find me there as well and i think that's (laughs) i think that's enough (laughs) (laughs) but i'll give you stuff for the show notes it's hard to spell my name it's all eyes. it's spelled differently but like i said you can if you can find well if you find the bump podcast on there you'll find me there you go in there too so you'll find us that way in Facebook so if that helps and I have all of the and links are on my Facebook page as well
0: awesome awesome thank you so much
1: oh thank you uh
0: is there anything else that we needed to cover before we hop <laughs> off here I, I think we did a pretty uh pretty good <laughs> job for and and I I'm gonna pull a Justin here I want to get that book okay I meant to have already read it I'm no worries yeah, know, Justin read us. it
1: after our interview and now we're gonna do another interview maybe this weekend because he's now he's got a lot more questions. So just let me know when you get it and we'll schedule another time because that's happened not just with him, but that's happened with some other people as well.
0: Yes, um sir.
1: and I'm happy to come back in any time. So
0: awesome. Well, thank and you so much. Maybe anytime, maybe it's
1: good to get together with friends.
0: Yeah, yeah. But we could do a uh after the first of the year when when Vicky has time for me again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe we can get you and Vicki and Justin and we can all just get together and just do a yeah. big mashup.
1: Let's do it. Let's get LA in there too.
0: Yes. You he's know, going I mad to at to me. Myself. What did you
1: just get me into? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't talk like that. No, he he's wonderful. He is wonderful. And he's such a wealth of knowledge, you know, get him to bring his giant skulls on talk about the Nephilim. That's yeah. always fun. Yes. That's always fun. So we can do that for sure. Absolutely. I'm in. Just let me know. And thank you again. And I will just say to anyone who's, who is suffering or who is lost or who is being taken, you know, God is there. He is with you. He will hear you. Just reach out, reach out to Jesus and ask him to save you. Find a Christian friend, find a Bible based church, find a website, find someone, or something, but just know that God is with you, and all you have to do is ask, and you knock on that door, he's going to answer, like he did for me, and it's not, it's, it's never hopeless, it is never hopeless, God is with you, you. so, all right, well, thank you, Bo, again, I really had a great time today,
0: thank you, thank you, holler at me anytime, have a good evening, all right, God bless,
1: God bless you, bye-bye, bye-bye,
0: that's it for this week thank you so much for listening if you have an experience or an encounter that you'd like to share holler at me you can reach me at the bump at gmail.com or by the bump phone at 304-812-0553 leave a text or a voicemail either way and i'll get back to you also please be sure to leave a five-star rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to Stick around after this for a special invitation. personally ready to submit your life to God and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? The book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 9, says it really simply that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. To be born again, to start a new life as a child of God, to join God's army, to rise up against the evil forces that you know are all around you. You don't have to do it alone. I love you. Jesus loves you. And may God bless you.
2: Hey,